I now know what it feels like to be stabbed. Hi everybody, welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. Father Christmas in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> and Control Freak. I don't have an A.K.A. still, so just Control Freak. <laughs> I mean, you could go by your last name or something, I don't know. Eh, that's just weird. Fair enough. You could go by a Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Call you something weird like Munich. Should I go with uh, M. Night? Uh, yeah, M. Night. See, you could do that, or you could... Um, no, I can't think of another Hot Fuzz reference. But that might be the <laughs> Vicodin. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, so it's been an interesting couple of hours for me. Well, uh, obviously, this is what we're starting with. Please, well, fill us in with yeah, all the details. I don't think we need the gory details. No, no. Everybody wants to know how you almost chopped off your fingers. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with the long story short of, yeah, you almost chopped off your finger. Yep. But you are fine now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I will be after Friday when they reattach we... the tendon. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's close no. enough. I mean, you, everybody keeps saying he's fine. His tendons need reattached. That's not that's not the flow of a sentence. I mean, it is the flow of a sentence. It may just not be the correct flow of the sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's a very contradictory statement. It could have been worse. So it could have been worse. I could have shown up at the hospital with a finger in a bag. But anyway, yeah. So that's what happened to me this week. In other news. <laughs> We're going to talk about video games and stuff, as is per usual. And, like, how you can't play them because you've chopped off your fingers. I, I'm i not moving past this yet. we we got to cover a few things. How do you cut vegetables? I'm very worried. Oh my God. We, we are not doing this during podcasts. <laughs> Discuss that I can't think of a better time. But I wasn't cutting vegetables. That's the thing. I was trying to pry frozen burger patties apart. That's even worse. Yep. Um. No, I've actually, in the realm of I only have one functional hand, I have been messing with my Razer Naga to attempt to figure out how to play first-person shooters with one hand. And so far, it's working okay? Well, given that you got a mouse, I mean, it seems like of all situations. Like, if you were stuck console only, you'd be kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, you'd move the thumbstick with your elbow, maybe your tongue, you just wouldn't be able to go ADS? Yeah, basically. <laughs> you Plus... could get one of those setups that's like a series of straws. <laughs> Operate the controller via uh, mouth blower. Yeah. Eh. But, um, yeah, no, for the most part, it's, uh, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You're, you're in one solid piece, so... Yeah, you're fine. You know how I know that you're still in shock and definitely being prescribed uh, pain medication? Because I keep saying I'm fine. You just keep saying you're fine. You're very clearly not. Anyway. I mean, um, I, I am fine. Sure. Fine like red wine. Hey. All right, children. All right. Uh, so. Here, here's an interesting. Uh, so I've, I've been playing. um. Well, I was playing Apex Legends, the uh, new Battle Royale game from the guys who made Titanfall. Oh, you Mm -hmm. actually snagged that? Or 
loaded it up. Is yeah. it free to play? Yeah, it's free to play. So I down okay. I gave that a good download and tried it out. And the thing I can say is that it's Overwatch style battle royale with Titanfall mechanics. Has wall running? I don't it might not have wall running. I didn't actually get to see if it did. I only played like two matches. How mm. fast did you die? Actually not that fast. Um oh. I, I didn't make it past the first circle closing, but it seems like something that when I am able to use both of my hands again, I will uh, have a good time playing if there's anybody playing it in two months. Mm. And actually, yeah, I just realized it is Titanfall Mechanics because I'm looking at one of the screenshots and it's like, isn't that the purchasing node in the Titanfall uh defense mode is like yes yes it is oh yeah and yeah, it's yeah. The Titanfall drop ship like oh shit yeah i'll be honest i mean it's not a bad game it's just a little weird that they did it with heroes rather than uh you know just everybody starts off on equal playing field everybody's got their own little abilities and ultimates well, i, I did gotta... see that they gotta try to ape it a little bit. Oh, I know. And they I honestly say this is one of the I, better ways they could do it. Don't worry, Light. I got that joke. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up on the recording because I figured we did move past it. But I I may have to give that a try. If especially if it's free to play, I mean not any money out of my pocket. So Yeah, exactly. The only downside is you have to put origin on your computer. <laughs> I mean, I've already got it for Titanfall, so... That's fair. And Anthem, which we both played the beta for this weekend. Yep. Which, I think that's going to be an okay game. Oh, yeah. I. It's not going to be... Because a lot of people are saying, oh, it'll be the next uh, Game Breaker, or, you know, Pinnacle game. It's like, it, it's it's not. I, I will say that right now. It's not going to be the next Pinnacle game. It's not a bad game. But it, I, yeah, that's it, about all I can it's say. It's Warframe fuck Destiny. That that's what it is. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, kind of. Slower paced than Warframe, but me, me, me. I mean, like it wasn't a bad game. It was a vaguely mediocre. Well, not mediocre. It's better than mediocre. Yeah. Honestly, and I think I said it previously, it's what Mass Effect Andromeda should have been. Yes, I will agree mm. with that. I feel like I would, a lot that of would be my determination. Uh, I wish the best for them. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I want the game to succeed if only because I feel like if it doesn't, Bioware is screwed. Yep. And they'll be making nothing but Mass Effect and Dragon Age games until the end of the days. Well, I don't even think they're going to make Mass Effect games if this. No, they're going to they're going to bring. It'll be a while, but they're going to bring Mass Effect back with a full reboot. I bet. You don't mm -hmm. think they're just going to helm it under a different studio if they do, or absorb Bioware no. into EA's amorphous mass? No. Uh, well, they already did absorb Bioware. I mean, more so. Like, giving them no creative freedom and basically saying, nope, you are here to make Dragon Age and Mass Effect, and that is all you will do. Pretty much. 
Because they've already said they're not going to let him make another KOTOR game, which is bullshit considering the fucking only two single-player Star Wars games that EA was developing are canceled now. With the exception well, well, partially because some of, of the Some of the digging I've been doing... Well, actually, they might lose their license if they don't hurry up and pump out some Star Wars games soon. Good. Yeah. They've had it for a while now. Yeah, they've um, had it for a while, and they've released two games. Yeah, and canceled all the good ones. Yeah. How do you cancel an Amy Hennig game? Like, how do you how do you score Amy Hennig and get her to make a dope game and start work on it and then just cancel it? Anyway. Because you're EA, and you don't understand what people want. Because if you can't turn it yeah. into a live service... It's not worth playing, even though, hey, Newsflash, Red Dead, God of War, Spider-Man, Witcher, they've all showed us that, hey, there is still a massive market for single-player games. Fucking Resident Evil 2, they've showed us there is a massive marketplace for single-player games still. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to say give it time, because I think with time it'll get worse. We'll always have those companies that'll still put out single-player games. Um, and even if a couple of them go by the wayside, sadly, I don't think, like, Project... Or, yeah, CD Project Red... Have yeah. they determined yeah. this? Is it fully CD Project Red, or have they just gone to Project Red now? No, it's uh, it's CD Pro Yake Red. Uh, okay, I see. I, I had the wrong... Or Proyek. Uh, Pro Fuck it. Project. I had the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Got it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's CD Project Red. Well, no, I, they're, I think, they're Polish. I think Project Red is going to stick around. Absolutely. And they're going to keep making the quality of games that they make. Which Man. Phenomenal. I have so much news today. That ties into so many things that we've already talked about, just vaguely. <laughs> um, Hang on, give me a second. Well, I think, you, you know, I did, there is a bit of good news, at least coming out of things, for how companies are handling PR. Uh, Nintendo's uh, handling of the whole Metroid delay, I think is a fan. I think is a fantastic way to do that because basically they took it and said, hey, we're canceling the game, and here's why. Most companies don't I, do that. I hadn't actually heard the why yet. So they weren't happy with the game that was being developed, so they scrapped the project and handed it over to the previous devs of Metro or of Metroid. They, yeah, they weren't, they weren't 100% transparent. There's not a full why other than we it's it wasn't living up to our quote unquote standard standard bullshit the fact is though that they came out and said it now my question is did they hand it back to ninja no 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 no, no, no. retro yeah they handed it back to retro okay they were making they were making metroid 4 in-house and uh... they were having trouble with it and they said fuck it and scrapped it then they told the internet hey we have a metroid 4 announcement today so everybody thought that the, the direct was going to be like, you know, release date or something. And then whenever the direct came out, it was just like, we've been having problems developing this game. It doesn't live up to our standards. So we're re we're restarting all of it from scratch by handing it off to Retro Studios, who made the first trilogy. Okay. I'm okay with that. I'm, act I'm happy about that. 
No, right. dude, it's 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 an amazing thing for a publisher to do. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the proper way to handle our game as being delayed. Because I, I think if publishers were more transparent for why games got delayed, people wouldn't get as pissed about it. You know, Probably. Because every, every time you hear... I agree. Every time you hear, oh, this game got delayed, and they don't really explain why, they just say, oh, it's delayed, and everybody goes, but why... And if they just said, because we're not happy with it and we're going to keep working on it to release a better game, I think people would shut the fuck up. Yeah, it, it, what what Nintendo proved is that you can make a ballsy-ass move like that and you don't have to have full transparency. All you need to do is give gamers some translucency. And we are satisfied and understanding. The internet did not blow up or go into hysterics about how terrible Metroid is or anything like that. And, well, and one of the biggest things that most AAA companies don't do, because they they canceled the game, they said, we're still going to put this out, but we're giving it back to the original creators to make it, like, we believe, one, the gamers are going to want it, and two, to the standard that it should have been in the first place. Whereas yeah. most other companies will say, eh, it's passable enough, release it yeah and then we just have this shitty ass game that came out that no one honestly wanted because they were hoping for something more akin to what was actually there in the first place that's true another m and what's what's really interesting with uh, this though is also um one most most publishers don't want to do some shit like this because to them it shows weakness i would you would not see sony come out and say some shit like this Sony likes to come out and have a soundbite of strength. Started with the PS1. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if they did do something cool like this, for some reason they would try to keep it under... They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't announce it, and they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't change the release date. Another reason you don't come out and say some shit like this is because shareholders aren't gamers. They don't understand. No, All they hear is, our big selling product won't be coming out this year. Right, which is... It's the bullshit of games by corporate agenda. Yeah, but still, it, it props on Nintendo for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Since we're on Nintendo already, there's uh, rumors of the Switch Mini coming out. Yep. Which is pretty cool. It's actually sooner... Yeah than I expected uh, to get an uh, announcement I, for it. I wanted to bring this up with you guys. I got a quote from Nikkei, a Japanese uh, game journal, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Translated by Nintendo everything, but they said, uh, according to their affiliates, they are miniaturizing the console with portability and playing outdoors in mind, as well as cutting features to reduce the price and expand the user base. I think that the Switch Mini is going to be similar to the 2DS in that they Nintendo thinks they're aiming for kids, but what they don't realize is that the market is bigger for adults who want the cheaper system. Absolutely. Yeah. Now... Now, where they are focusing on adults and hardcore gamers is their online bit. I didn't, I didn't keep this in my notes. I just reminded myself to mention it. But uh, apparently, they're updating their online system to 
try to have a more expensive version for hardcore gamers, and it sounds like they're hinting at a virtual console system. It sounds like they're saying what we want, but knowing that it's Nintendo, I feel like maybe people are jumping the gun. I, I, yeah, they probably are. Yeah, I, I would go for the jumping the gun. We'll have to wait for more information on that before we make a solid conclusion. But in the uh, aspect of Nintendo's mm-hmm. online system... If you do find the quotes, though, um, they are... Just read them. Just, yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. I'll, I'll take a look in it, at it. Um... In in uh, news though of Switch Online, Microsoft is bringing Xbox Live to Switch and mobile devices. Will yeah, but see, work? this is, this is the same as the Xbox Live you could get on your Android phone right now. Well, it seems to be a little more in depth than that. As of right now, it's friends list achievements and whatnot. Right, it's what it opens up for the future. Right. I mean, that, and that's the thing. We can speculate all day about what that opens up because really what is the point of having your friends list on the Switch except for the games that are cross-compatible with Xbox, which is like Fortnite and Rocket yeah. League. I guess that if you're signed into your Xbox Live app right now, even if you're playing on Switch, you can actually unlock achievements through Fortnite. Interesting. I, I... Yeah, and... I think that this is part of their their Xbox uh, Play Anywhere. Their Xbox is an OS campaign. Right. Now, do you think this is, you know, since Xbox has never gotten into the handheld market? Um, yeah, do I don't this know. Is them kind of trying to piggyback off Nintendo to maybe get there? Well, see, there there's rumors of the next Xbox console. I marked down all the specs for all the consoles that are coming out, but I've decided against reading them on this podcast um but one of the things for the xbox is that there's two versions of the console coming out one is a streaming box okay and we've seen with we've seen with the xbox game pass that they've been kind of crushing it right now uh in that regard i mean Uh, the xbox game pass just to refresh my own memory as well as anybody who may not be unfamiliar with it is uh, you basically pay a subscription fee per month and you get access to the entire Xbox library, correct? Yeah, it's what everybody wants. It's Netflix for games. Uh, you don't actually access. get the whole... Yeah. You don't actually get the whole library right now, I don't think, but one thing that they've been great at is if it's a Microsoft exclusive, which they're few and far between, but if it is one, you get it day one. Yep, yeah. So again, it's very similar to... The origin, uh, the origin access, access pass. which I will say, you know, I did buy that origin access pass just to get battlefield early, mm-hmm. but it's kind of cool. Cause now I have access to like Titanfall two, which I never bought. Um, I'm going to have access to Anthem when it comes out. You know how one of the bullshit things about consoles is that we have proprietary media for each of them. Yes. And it's like it's not like I go out and I buy a Panasonic DVD player and I can only play Panasonic DVDs on it. Right. Um, I think that Microsoft is trying to make the first steps to be that company. To be the company that just makes a console where you can throw in any game and play it. Yeah, a universal yeah, console um, basically. Their little streaming box that they're working on has just tiny hardware inside that apparently helps and they've been working on the server side to make sure the game streaming is 
virtually indistinguishable from playing off of a disc. And apparently it's been successful enough that some of the people who are getting these rumors and leaks actually think that the console would be ready enough to ship Holiday this year. I don't think it's gonna. But the fact that Microsoft is that far along, that's why I think that the Switch thing might hold some weight. We won't know until GDC. Right. And plus, you know, we're gonna... We have the rumors of the PS5 coming out, and God knows what Sony's mm-hmm. gonna do with that. Yeah, I think that next year's gonna be pretty big uh, because it looks like we're hitting a point. We're hitting a point where the rumor mills. Hang on. I'm back. <laughs> anyway, we're hitting that point of rumors where everybody is getting hyped to the point where they have specs and ideas and it's all top of the line stuff you know all of it's probably bullshit anyway or just a little bit off but it is at that point where usually it would mean this e3 we get the console unveiling next e3 we get the price and next year we get the console but the way that they do it nowadays it'll probably be next year we get the reveal price and console I think so. And neither well neither Sony nor Microsoft want to come out second. Well, here's the thing. Considering I believe it's Sony that pulled themselves from E3 this year. If I'm mistaken, somebody will correct me. Yeah, I haven't um, heard okay. anything about that myself. But well, I, if they did, it, it's probably, you know, just so they could have an exclusive event right before or well, after. No, that's the thing. They have PlayStation Expo. So yeah. if we get anything, it's going to be at PlayStation Expo. Also, do you guys think we're seeing the death of E3? No, we've been seeing the death of E3. E3 literally died for a whole year, if you remember correctly. Was that the year yeah, they start, started letting people come in? No, it was after that. Oh. E3 got real big, and then they killed it. Because everybody wanted to do separate events, and then they brought it back, sort of, but now it's press only. Oh. Okay, good. So they're going back Which, to press only. Or maybe maybe people can come in. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know the full deets around. I just know now it's more of a it's even more of a commercial than a convention than before. Yeah. Right. Because E3 used to be like, all right, this is where you get all your new gameplay demos and hardware and stuff. And it should now, be Comic-Con for gamers. It should be. That's what PAX became. Yeah. And PAX is arguably the better the better show anyway because we get better announcements during packs yeah but gamescom is starting to pick up yeah i i need to get to packs or gamescom one of these years i'm i really want to um yeah uh, on the uh premise of companies you know with their exclusive uh boxes and stuff Metro, the Metro devs have uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot here. Well, okay, so that's another part of my news is like Division Metro has announced that it'll be on X on uh, the Epic Game Store instead. Yeah. Um, I mean, Division, I didn't hear about Division 2 not coming to Steam. Yeah, I told you it last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I mean, here's the thing. So is that just going to be a Uplay exclusive and just, uh, or is it going to be Uplay and, and, uh, 
Well, it's the Epic Game Store exclusively. Well, I mean, I obviously you play, but yeah, I was about to say I find it really hard to believe Ubisoft isn't going to sell it on UPlay. Yeah, no, they're obviously going to keep pushing UPlay, even though nobody's ever cared. Well, and see, that's the thing, though. Does anybody give a shit about the Epic Game Store? Yes, because uh, if you already bought Exodus on Steam, you're still getting everything anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but you robot him because people are gonna keep going. Go back about like, ten seconds and start over. Yep, I'm doing it. Hang on, let me get a well, stamp here. Literally the thing people are going to keep going for Epic is how it starts. It's fine. Okay, go. People are going to keep turning to Epic because Epic takes 12% instead of 30. It's not from a dev... I'm not talking about from a dev perspective. I'm talking about from a consumer perspective. Yeah, but see, a lot of consumers have Steam because for a while it was uh, the best place to go. Because you didn't have a million stores. It was one store. Everything was sold on it. But it's not like everybody was happy about it when it first happened. When Steam first launched, it was terrible. People didn't like it. And everybody just complained, why are you doing this instead of making Half-Life Episode 3? Yeah, that was that was a big argument back in the day. Epic will, Epic will have some growing pains. But I think that ultimately it's going to be a serious competitor to Steam. And the reason being that that's where the games will be. We as consumers don't really have a choice. And if anything, now we have two storefronts. Well, one of the big things for Epic's Corner, as silly as it is, they have Fortnite sitting there. Yeah. They, they really have think? a game that half the world is basically playing. And it's going through Epic Games and their store. So people just by loading up Epic Games to load up Fortnite, are getting exposed to the Epic launcher. And they, Epic's doing it right with... Uh, they've got the the freebie games. So you get two free games, or you get a free game every two mm. weeks. So it's like, this week right now, it's the Jackbox Party Pack. And Axiom which is, Verge. And Axiom Ooh. Verge is coming out next week. Yep. And that's the thing. It's like, those are... The Jackbox Party Pack, hilarious game. Axiom Verge, really well-made game. Previously, they had freaking uh, Super Meat Boy on there. Hilarious. Do you you truly think that the success of Fortnite is what helped, like, propel this forward? Yes, most definitely. Um, Because that's the thing. It's like, what were they? What did Epic have on their side originally? They had Unreal. Yep. That, w- that was kind of their big thing. And there were one or two other things just using the Unreal engine that they were involved in. But see, let's, also... say, let's say Fortnite never came out. Uh, they could have done a Steam, for- a Steam storefront. Fuck. Uh, they could have done a storefront on their own just by doing something like, hey... Uh, if you've licensed our Epic Engine, you get it, like get the license for free for by releasing your game on our store. But they wouldn't have the player base. They wouldn't have the player interest to but go. But they'd there. have the games, man, because everything. Might, was well, but that's the thing. They might have devs that go there, 
but the devs will still release it to everywhere. Yeah. So people will still mm. just be like, I'm not going to oh, bother okay. picking up Epic yeah. Games Launcher. I've already got Steam or I've got my Xbox. I'm not worried about mm-hmm. that. Epic having now a staple game that everyone knows about. Everyone knows about Fortnite. Everyone's probably watched a video of, you know, Fortnite top 15 tricks to get your V-Bucks up or whatever the hell. Or even... Look, my partner doesn't play games at all, and she knows the dances from Fortnite. Exactly. It has that... It had that impact. It and it still has that impact. popular culture. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. So they, they're riding on that. They, they got that. Because before Fortnite... The Epic's game launcher was very minimal. There was very little there. And then Fortnite came out and it was like, oh shit, we have like thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of people using our launcher now. Let's update it. Let's bring stuff to it. And now they're using that just by opening it. It's like, hey, by the way, thanks for using our uh, Epic launcher. Here's a free game. Check back in two weeks. You get another free game. People will yeah. now start regularly checking and going to Epic Games to see what free games they can get. Yep. And I mean, then Xbox... as a side bonus, it's like, well, hey, what other games do they have on here? Oh, shit, they've, you know, Metro Exodus is on here. Oh, hey, what's this Hades game about? Oh, hey, they have the Walking Dead Telltale series on here. They've yeah, got um, a wide enough array. X Dominus, my brother, bought the, uh, bought the Xbox One. And it came with three months of Xbox Game Pass. And so because of that, he's like, oh, well, I might as well check it out. Oh, look, State of Decay 2 just released. This was whenever it first came out. State of Decay 2 just released, and it's available here. What else is available here? Oh, my God, look, Fable 2. Oh, wow, hey, I never got to try Sunset Overdrive. So it's the same concept. Yeah. See... And, and the thing is, Microsoft is also moving some of their games to the Steam store. So we're going to start seeing this weird amalgamation of cross-platform purchasing. Now, and that's that's actually one issue I do have with the plethora of purchasing platforms. The crossover? And the lack of crossover for purchases. People that buy disc, sorry, you don't get the crossover because you bought a disc and you could trade that disc in but when people Mm. buy the digital game let's look at what's a game that is on every freaking console Uh, let's go with battlefield battlefield 5 yeah we can roll with battlefield 5 so is battlefield 5 on steam no not quite as good of an example then but we can still roll it (laughs) but it's on every console that's hey how about the orange box orange box is on steam but is it on other stuff because the, the parallel I'm trying to bring up, and it would be more along Whoa. like a random game. Actually, Darksiders 3 is okay. actually a good one. THQ Nordic, not really a console-exclusive type of company. So you can get Darksiders 3 on PlayStation Store digitally. You can get it on Xbox Store digitally. You can get it on Epic Store digitally. You could get it on Steam digitally. You could get it on Origin digitally. Do any of those purchases carry over to the others? No. So if you're an idiot, you could literally buy five copies of the same game on different launchers. What the shit? 
That's kind of that is yeah. my only concern with the multi-buy digital platform. But see, that's that that's for problems of walled gardens, which, in the case of Xbox, eventually, if if they're if what I can glean from their current roadmap is correct, eventually it's you buy it there and you can get it anywhere. Well, and to a degree, they Microsoft does have that because they like on Windows. You have mm-hmm. the Windows, like, Play Store. Yeah. I bought State of Decay 2 way back when. I can play that on PC, and I can play that on my Xbox. I think they did yeah. the same thing with Sea of Thieves. They did it with Sea like, of Thieves. Uh, They've done it with all every digital. Games. But anyway, real quick, guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to change subject here. But I got a bunch of other stuff I, I really want to talk to you two specifically about. And this next one... I think you're more interested in than I am. Okay. Is that, is that okay instead of just spending the next 40 minutes talking about storefronts and stuff? I mean, I think we can always, yeah, we can always come back to it too. Yeah, we, I, I feel like we're probably gonna, I worry about it. Cause I don't know if anybody else, but us three are interested. Literally. That's every- why I feel bad for cutting you off here, but still. So what, what else did you want to talk about? Robot he goes full robot. Dude, you're full robot. I I have full thing here. Now I don't. <laughs> How about now? You're good. Okay. I have some info about Sekiro shadows are they alive no they're dead again you must have missed it so Promsoft's new game so they say that the game has multiple endings boo um wait why boo I don't know I just just boo yeah who who (laughs) likes being able to have different endings when they play again anyway (laughs) And subsequent playthroughs, which I'm assuming means New Game Plus, the game will get progressively harder so that the challenge never dies. Which is similar to what they did with Dark Souls and Bloodborne. That's what, that's what uh, X-Dominus was saying to me too whenever I brought it up, but I bring it up here because I'm not familiar with the Soulsborne genre, and uh, they fucking announced it like it was like some groundbreaking new thing they're doing. I think it's partially because... While Dark Souls and Bloodborne have their following, it seems like Shadows has a bit more uh, publicity behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, so yeah, making an announcement towards this new game gives it more light so that more people, new market people, will have a chance to kind of see that and understand that. Whereas, yeah, if you're... Uh, you know, veteran of from software games, you're like, no, I I expect that. If you didn't do that, I'd be upset. Exactly, because everybody who plays FromSoft games, they go there for the challenge. They want it to be yeah. hard. And now I do want to say, on the subject of Sekiro, holy shit, those shadows are living. Never mind. Um, I think that the Phantom Fish Mom game looks better. Phantom Fish Mom, what? All right, use the real titles. 
Uh, Ghost of Sushi, Ma. Oh, Ghost uh, of Sushi. Okay. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Ghost of Sushi, Ma. No, I think that looks I better. And I, you. That's also because <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the studio who's making it. Yeah. Because, one, we haven't seen a new game from Sucker Punch since uh, Infamous Second Son. Mm-hmm. And I adore Sucker Punch's games. I think even if Second Son wasn't a great like it wasn't a great infamous game it was still a very well designed game definitely and yeah one thing i will give to them they do a good job of world building and all of the details that we we've seen so far for uh ghosts of tsushima have been phenomenal like yeah. the whole mongol horde <laughs> like monologue at the start of the trailers like what the hell that's um that is just great setup for your yeah. world and it just looks pretty too the combat looks pretty gruesome looks like it won't take much to die and it'll require some defensiveness uh, i like it uh, definitely definitely something to look forward to and I, I mean i i haven't had a chance to pick up uh shadows want to mm. but i've just I have been distracted by other games and other topics and whatnot, so well, I haven't I'd, had a chance to get my hands on it. I, I'd be impressed Movie. if you did, because it's not out. Oh, wait, out. it's not out. What am I... <laughs> what? That's the thing. I have seen so much gameplay, I keep thinking it's out. Moving on a little here. Um, my brain, dude. Hell. Yeah, it, it actually comes out on March 22nd. Uh, There's so much gameplay. Because they want you to want it. I don't know. Speaking of gameplay, people have been able to get their hands on uh, Rage 2. Oh. Quick aside, did you guys know that that game was being made by Avalanche? Avalanche, Avalanche. What the hell else have they worked on? Just Cause, Mad Max. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. I know. I didn't know that. Um, and all I wanted to bring up with that is one of the, one of the previews I saw compared it uh said that it was doom plus bullet storm oh hell yeah have you seen <laughs> it? have you seen either of those games yeah fucking awesome bullet storm's one of my favorite shooters ever yeah that was a hilarious game yeah oh god it's so underrated uh, and that well and that was the one thing rage was i don't want to i can't say it was a great game it was solid um and I, I mean, I played it from start to finish, and the premise behind it, it it reeled me in. Like the whole original premise to it was like, that's really interesting. I really like that. And then you get about halfway through the game, and you just it kind of completely glosses over what you originally thought it was going to be about. And I was just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna finish this, but kind of meh. Yeah. So if they got Avalanche in. Which, the games they put out, some silliness, and at one point, yes, plot goes to the wayside in exchange for explosions and hilarity. I would it actually sound, be okay with that. Yeah, it, it sounds a lot like a lot of reviewers have been saying that this game is great whenever you're shooting. And everything else is kind of meh. Yeah. Now, we don't know. That's just from a preview. Yeah, and, and it gives them a chance to 
because they still have time for development to flesh mm -hmm. out more story for it or a more solid story. So if what they have played or what they have seen is mostly just the the gunplay and the combat and not so much on the story side, okay. All right. Um, brief zombie news or bad publisher news? Well, brief zombie news, we can kind of tie into the fact that I've been playing the fuck out of Resident Evil 2, or at least I was before I put a knife through Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear about Resi 2. I've been dying to hear about it, to be honest. And also, so, so Netflix recently announced that they're doing a Resident Evil TV show. And I got real pumped for it, but then I found out that the TV show is going to be based on the continuity of the films, which is... I think I just dry heaved a little. Yeah, and also how those films don't even have continuity with themselves. Nope. But yeah. it, in addition to that, the movies themselves are rebooting. Yes. So what the fuck are they... So they're going to base it on the continuity that's going to get scrapped anyway instead of the game, which is the thing that's real popular right now. Apparently. Yeah. Which is a terrible well, idea. See, and here's my thoughts for that. So, originally when Resident Evil, like, the film came out, right? Mm-hmm. Mind you, they barely tied it into the first Resident Evil game. They just had some named characters pop up. Yeah. Like, actually, did they? Who popped Wait, up? Wait, no. The yeah, no. first one they didn't, it was the second one that they threw in named characters. Yeah, the second one yeah. was the one that super tied it in with the games, but... They basically made a universe that's Resident Evil, but the film universe has its own fan base. Like and they, actually, yeah. they threw, I, I will say, first film, I didn't mind. So, I actually thought it did a really good job of, of actually even setting up what happened in Raccoon City. It was a good start point. Well, even, and a, then, even Apocalypse, the second one, was a pretty decent film. It was a pretty You're cheesy. You're all going to die down here. It was a pretty cheesy B movie zombie film with some characters that every Resident Evil fan knew and loved. Yeah. Which which is the one where she kicks the dog in the face? Second one. Yeah, the second one. Okay. So that one's pretty cool in my book. Yeah. No, the second one's like the last air quotes good one. But those movies gained their own following, their own fan base on the premise of the movies. They didn't make them for the gamers, they made them for the moviegoers. And that's a big problem, especially now with the Resident Evil franchise pulling its head out of its ass and actually making what people want from Resident Evil, i.e. not Resident Evil 6. <laughs> what, you didn't like having more ammunition than God? I... What about punching boulders, dude? <laughs> or... That was five. Or literally the main character forgetting what a fucking zombie is. Was that five? Yeah, yeah, that was five. That had Chris Redfield punching boulders in a volcano. Yeah, that was five? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, that game goes even more off the rails than I thought. Yeah, six. Six had the... Was it three or four? Four separate storylines. Yep. That yeah. were episodic. And, like, the first one you play through was Leon Kennedy. Who has dealt with zombies in Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 4. Oh no, Evil Control, 4. what are you doing? What? You're about to trigger Sedge the way I get whenever you mention Metal Gear. That is true. Don't mention but, Leon in RE6. But it just... Well, no, I'm, I'm bringing up the point that triggers him. But it's the culminating fact of... Intro sequence. Mr. President, please, don't do this. Don't make me Leon, do this. You have dealt with zombies... 
for literally years. His face is falling off. He's a zombie. Kill you him. know to shoot zombies. See, okay, and here's what, <laughs> here's what makes this more infuriating because I've been Spedge's spirit just flew into control for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> because okay, here's what makes this more infuriating because I've been playing through Resident Evil Two, right? And the remake is flat out probably one of the best Resident Evil games I've played since four. And I might be biased, okay. but I'll take it. There is literally nobody's going to disagree. There is literally a scene where the cop who helps you for the first part the of the game, first person you meet, tells you second, second person. Yeah, yeah, second after Claire, but um, Claire don't count. You don't meet her. The <laughs> the first person who you meet tells you, "Don't make my mistake. Don't hesitate. You kill them, uniformed or not." And now, this many years later, Leon is hesitating to kill someone. After yep. the events in Spain. Yeah, after the events yeah. in Spain. <laughs> maybe, yeah, see, exactly. No, maybe it's the events in Spain that made him forget, because technically those guys still had free will to a point. Uh, let, let's not... I mean, 4 was a great game, but let's not bring up Spain. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> At, honestly, in terms of, like, the first three were still zombie games and then you got to four and it was like these, these these are not zombies these aren't even bio weapons what the hell is coming out of that thing's mouth or where its head used to be what oh the my shit God. am i looking at but the first time i ever got a headshot and those things popped out freaked me out oh yeah no so... and to this day I, I still get tense when i have to replay that game oh <laughs> dude i i still love four it is my favorite resident evil game well, but how about two? Well, the new... I Okay, I'll be honest. I never played through the original two. Just because the tank... <gasps> no, no. It, it, I have tried. Clunky controls. Yeah, Clunky it's the, it's the controls. Because I didn't... I, I don't care. I didn't own it when it came out. Because I was I'm, a, wee, a wee lad. I never <laughs> played through any Resident Evil game. I've never played five or six or seven. I mean, six doesn't exist. Also, Resident Evil 8 is apparently in development. The only Brezzy game that I really invested a lot of time to was the last great Resident Evil game on PS1, Resident Evil Survivor. I will... Mm. Mm -mm. No, no, we're not even going to touch that one. (laughs) No. My, My curiosity, though, is with Resident Evil 7, that was supposed to be a reboot. Based on the ending, that makes me believe it's a reboot. Because you're one of them. No, think about the final. Well, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played or watched someone play Resident Evil Seven. The five of you in the world that are out there, the final cutscene has Chris Redfield. Son of a bitch! Why would you ruin that for me? Shut the hell up! (laughs) (laughs) It has Chris Redfield looking like a young man coming up to help you, and he's working. For Umbrella. Now, oh, yeah, Umbrella and he doesn't have boulder-smashing arms. No, here's he the, does not. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. In the DLC, they cleared up. They cleared that up. Because people actually were wondering about that. Because, uh, you know, technically... It's a different color. Well, no, 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 no. It, it wasn't even the different color. People were wondering, like, oh, is this actually hunk demasked? Hmm. And... 
it came out hunk? the DLC. Yeah, hunk the umbrella soldier. Yeah, the super umbrella soldier. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think you'd have better arms. <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty boss infiltrator. Yeah. But uh, in the DLC, it came off. out that it's it is the Chris Redfield we know. Right. Working for. Basically, I forget what the fuck the name. Is. It's not Umbrella. It's like some new version of Umbrella, but he's like infiltrating them, and he's on loan from the BSAA. Okay, so it's mm. so it is still post six or whatever. Yeah. Which that makes me sad. I actually would have been okay if this was a soft. Well, yeah, I would call it a hard reset for Resident Evil if that was like. Because you saw how they wrote out the title, where it was like, the 7 kind of fades into just the standard Resident Evil title. Worked perfectly. Mm -hmm. So if they did that as a reset, this gives a new origin for where the T-Virus came from instead of just some nut job in a lab. It's, no, this is something that they found refined, and it went haywire. Like, I, eh. I'd have been okay with that. Yeah. I mean, you want, you want the T virus to be more like You go into Resident Evil Eight, maybe call it something else. Not sure. Don't call it Resident Evil Two because we already have that established. But and have that maybe set up not following any of the main characters and centering on the lab where it breaks out. At this point, though, in Resident Evil, if they make a game without one of the main characters at least making a cameo i think people will fuck actually no never mind i i seven did that except for chris showing up at the very end yeah but that was at the very end the entire yeah. game was people we've never heard of before yeah and i yep. will say well they have ties though if you look into it they got ties to I, the universe i know they do but like i think ethan was somewhere in umbrella and his girlfriend worked for someone in reusing well, worked for umbrella did reusing the seven yeah, that's what it was she worked with umbrella and that's why she was on that escort mission on right. that tank right yeah that's right uh reusing the seven engine for the remake two is uh has actually created a continuity error oh yeah so there's a newspaper that's just you know a random prop uh -huh. but the newspaper <laughs> is dated for the year that uh, Resi 7 came out. Yeah. Oh. And since Resident Evil 2 is ostensibly set in 1998. Good job, Capcom. Time travel. Good job, Capcom. <laughs> oh, don't. Yeah. don't and it's funny because. We're using assets. It, it yeah, but a it, lot. it's just funny because in every other aspect, they really strive to make Resi 2 look like it was set in 98. Yeah. Can I also just say, like, on the premise of Resident Evil 2, if you're going to remake, like, a classic game with new... Con basically with revamped... Revamping the entire game, but keep, like, the basic plot structure. Well done, Capcom. Like, fucking A, you guys are fucking killing it with Resident Evil. Lately. Yeah, I can't wait for Remake 3. Yeah. Like, I, I know a lot of people were talking about how they didn't think that the remake was as scary as the original. And I... Maybe if you never... Maybe if you played the original. 
See, I would even disagree with that, though, because it's a different kind of fear. I, I think that the remake almost adds... It doesn't add the same tension of you can't see what's around the next corner, but it adds the tension of now that you can aim and shoot these things and they don't go down... Like they drop. I think Mr. And... X is the scariest thing in the fucking game. Oh, absolutely. Gee, the first just time... from the shit that I've seen. Is it random where he pops out no, at, or he what? Follows you. Like, okay. Well, yeah, so... I know, but like, no, no, does no, he no. just appear no, randomly? No, no, no. He exists in the police station all the time. Like you can always hear his footsteps. Yeah, so he's literally stalking through the police station, and if you go down the wrong hallway, you'll bump into him. Yep. Yeah, and that shit's fucking terrifying. And it's actually a really cool thing because there's never a safe space from him. Cause oh, really? He, yeah, so in the main foyer of the police station on the ground floor, that's where your first item box and typewriter are. You know, the first ostensibly save location. Yeah. I was running away from Mr. X and I lost him and I could still hear his thum, thum, thum footsteps. And all of a sudden, he, I see him on the balcony above me, coming down the stairs towards me in oh, what ostensibly is a safe space. So there's actually yeah. that room stops being a safe space at one point when you go down, like when you unlock the, the stairwell. Ah, uh, that's that zone stops being a safe space. You can still save and you can still open the storage chest, but it is no longer a safe space. I'll tell you, one of my favorite clips I've ever seen was somebody who got... They got a little bug that spawned two liquors. And so it starts with them, like, just being completely out of health. They, the little things bleeping, telling them, you know, like, you're, you're dead. Danger, danger. Yeah. And uh, they, they open the door, they look over the corner, there's a liquor on the ground, there's a liquor on the wall, staring at him. Dude's like, fuck. So he starts shooting and backing up. And as soon as he gets cornered in the back of the wall, he one of the liquors dies, and Mister X rounds the corner. Oh no! And the dude just <laughs> the dude just stopped shooting. He just stood there and waited for his fate. <laughs> it's like and like that, I die. But... Now my next thing for zombies and publishers and stuff actually ties into a whole bunch of stuff. I want to bring up only a couple things I want to talk to you guys about. But anyway. Overkill's The Walking Dead was delayed indefinitely for console. Meh. Uh, that I yeah I get that, but Starbreeze itself is going to go under. Oh, that's a shame. It it has hurt the publisher hard. However, Starbreeze. Whoo man, the crunch. Mm. And so that led me to CD Projekt Red, who is notorious for crunch, and their executives like to pretend that it's work ethic. Um, Same with Rockstar. Then you got Rockstar, and I found out that the, this story that we got about, you know, where everybody's like, oh, all the poor devs at Rockstar for Red Dead. The same stories came out for GTA V, Red Dead 1, and Max Payne 3. These stories have come out with every major Rockstar release. Every time. And we all do the same thing. Oh, Crunch is bad. Next. Yeah. And, like, and then we shower them with rewards. See, that's partially, in my opinion, a problem with... I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what goes into making a game. And this isn't me defending Crunch, by the way, listeners, if anybody's wondering. 
I'm saying that a lot of people think that crunch is a part of it. And yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, that's bad, 100-hour work weeks, but it makes sense when you have to meet a deadline. And Like, why? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Like, don't... If you want to make a quality product, take delays. It goes back to the delay thing. Take the delay. Yeah. Tell people. Like, yes. That's not to say... That's not to say that sometimes you won't work overtime. That's not to say that... Uh, that they should, you know, be more lax in how they work. But, uh, but yeah, they, it, there, there's a line. There's a clear line to where you're, it's too much work. Well, there's a line between, okay, I have to work a bit of overtime to get this one aspect done. And there's a line between working your studio to death because you want to get out in time for Christmas. Yeah, if you're settling lawsuits under the table... You're probably not in the right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Hey, guys, start putting games out in July. So with uh, with CDPR being a company that crunches, their lead writer for Cyberpunk just left. Yep. And has become creative director on a new project at Acti Blizzard. It's saying something when you leave the, the current Golden Idol developer. To slash go pro, to, uh, to go producer to yeah. Blizzard. to go to acti blizzard yeah. now i don't think that that'll have any effect on cyberpunk because his job of writing is probably done at this point yeah we call it blizzion blizzion <laughs> you know what i like blizzion yeah, honestly <laughs> blizzion sounds like an awesome action movie coming this summer um, from paramount pictures blizzion. belgium belgium has won a lawsuit Against, against electronic yeah. arts. EA and so now FIFA has to remove all loot boxes in the country of Belgium. Well, it's not even that they won. So Belgium made the law saying you cannot have loot boxes in your game because it is technically gambling and we have strict laws about gambling. And mm -hmm. EA basically said, uh, fuck off, we're going to do what we want. Mm -hmm. It... It is safe to say that somebody told EA what not complying with that means. <laughs> and specifically, not just told EA, because I'm sure the devs knew what not complying with that would mean. Oh, yeah. Somebody told the shareholders. And yeah. the shareholders made a decision. Because. Uh, well, yeah, good. I'm sure they told them, by the way, guys, if we lose the Belgian market. For like FIFA, a country where soccer is huge. <laughs> yeah, you have you have way more detail on this tiny story than I could find. Well, I well, it, it's because I listen to podcasts, dude. And I uh, thought there was something. I can't remember which company announced it, where you now can see what is inside the loot crate before you buy it. Oh God, I heard about that too, and I don't know which one it was. Yeah, I defeat purpose. Technically, yeah, but at the same time, that's a way to get around gambling laws. Yeah, because at that so, point, oh uh, shit, yeah. So it's a rotating loot crate, probably. So every you know ten, fifteen minutes, it's a different crate. So if you want to buy that crate, you can buy that crate. But every time the crate respawns, it's random loot. Fuck, man, that's. It's such a shitty way to do it. Yeah. But it does help people guarantee, like... Guarantee if they, you get so the they, item you want. Yeah, so they might just 
sit on waiting for the crate to spawn and it's like, hey, this crate has an epic item in it. I like God. the look of that epic item. I'm a buy. It. Instead of, well, maybe this crate will have it. Well, maybe yeah, this crate. Yeah. Will what have I don't it. like though is that it's not a fix; it's a workaround. Well, and that see the problem is that's what we're going to start seeing because these companies who are doing these yeah. live service games, that is how they're making the money off of this because they're not doing an MMO subscription. They make their monies off of expansion packs like destiny and microtransactions and loot boxes which i know this is a very controversial statement but i have no problem with microtransactions in a in a game i think we've covered this we we definitely have covered this but yeah. i'm just reiterating i don't have an issue with it the yeah, issue i have is with the gambling part yeah and unfortunately, I, I should have an issue with microtransactions because if I pay $60 for a game, I should have everything in that game. But Yeah, but additional content should cost. Yeah, see, that also comes down to, though, games no longer can turn a profit at $60. See, I remember, which is ridiculous because movies still turn a profit at $20. Um, I remember going out and getting... Um, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops Plus. Because I didn't realize it was just a multiplayer expansion for Portable Ops. Right. We've we've definitely discussed this. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking disappointing. So, like, the fact that nowadays shit like that doesn't happen because they don't release standalone CDs of just expansion content. Right. I still remember the original map packs for Halo 2 came on a separate disc. Yeah. And And that was the thing, though. Back in the day, expansion packs weren't like... Like now, the DLC pack is like another mission and some weapon skins. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think part... Like, you were saying games can't be made at 60 bucks a pop anymore. They definitely still can. Like, they're adjusted for proper inflation. The problem behind it nowadays is 90% of their budget goes into marketing for a lot of these big games. It's well, like, just real okay. quick, finish your thought, but before you do, according to publishers, they're not adjusted for inflation. According to the people who make the money, it should be a lot more. Go ahead. Hmm. Well, according to the people who make the money, they also get ma they also receive way too much money for the amount of work they do compared to the people who actually do the work. Yeah. So here, here. Um, but a lot of money goes into ad campaigns mm -hmm. like a ridiculous amount of money it used to be most games had one commercial maybe two if it was a big title nowadays games are coming out and it's like you have 10 different iterations of the commercial you have two million pieces of random ad bits here and there it's like you have you know posters posted on the side of buses and billboards and you know, you send out PR kits to every fucking GameStop that exists and Best Buy to hang from yeah, the But walls. if they didn't blow all that money on marketing, how would I know to step up to the party, step up to the party, huh? Um, By actually putting out good games. By letting reviews do what they were supposed to do. Nowadays, people don't read game reviews. Like... Yeah, but if I'm looking for, like, a pirate game... I might be wondering, 
But does Drake go zero to a hundred, and how quick? What? <laughs> In the marketing for Black Flag, they used a Drake song, which is retarded. I never hey. saw that commercial, but okay. Yeah, and but and that's the thing. Just think how much they spent for the royalties to use that one bit. I mean, look at Rage Two. Oh man, look at look at Rage Two. The, the royalties that the thongs and stuff cost them. Oh, somebody should have made a point about that. Look, look at Rage Two. Their marketing campaign. Look who they got to do. Look what song they're using. They their entire ad campaign is Andrew WK's "Ready to Die." You know, hilariously, I keep forgetting about this until you bring it up every time. I still say that was the coolest shit ever at the Bethesda press conference when Andrew WK came out. And my immediate thought was, what the fuck is Andrew WK doing out? Well, and that's the thing. They you, they mixed that into their ad campaign. And that it sounds like, are they using his music for all of their commercials? I think so. That, at that point, that's a tie-in. That makes sense to do. You get commercials where they'll use random music, and it's like, the game comes out. That song's not in that game. It was literally just purchased for the one commercial. And then they have ten other commercials with ten different songs, or maybe five other songs. They'll use each one twice, or whatever. But it's still just like... You, they dump so much money into these ad campaigns, and then they complain that it's like, well, the back end of our... Uh, of the game, we didn't really make as much profit as we thought we would make after producing it. And it's like, well, how much did you spend on advertising? About 50% of the budget. Well, we did give two chains the equivalent of two development teams worth of money. Yeah, just so we could have 30 seconds of his voice. Fuck that. And so, and yeah, it's like you look back in the day and game trailers and commercials, it was like you had the commercial that used music from the game it spat out the producer of the the game and a 15 to 20 second clip either of a full motion video done to the game soundtrack or some aspect of gameplay that would draw people in that was your trailer that was your commercial worked great then why has things changed I'm pretty yeah. sure the only tra one of the only trailers that ever released for Modern Warfare 2 was just that Eminem trailer with Till I Collapse in it. Well, he actually had a thing with uh, Call of Duty for a while because he did two whole fucking songs on two different albums for two different Call of Duty games. Well, yeah, and he, I'm pretty he, sure he, did... he was a big fan of it. Yeah, he is. Uh, he did. I think Berserk was the trailer for Ghosts. Oh uh, well, they all. He also has a. I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head, but he has another one too. Oh, yeah. but, off the but, same album that Berserk is on. Yeah, I mean, I remember... Oh, God. And this is this is a super old school game from PS1 era. Jumping Flash. I actually remember the commercial for that game. Oh, wow. It literally was title card and like 20 seconds of gameplay in the first like five worlds done to the music soundtrack for the game. You're oh, goddamn nifty. right I bought that game because that game was was fun. It was You know what action campaign I remember? Hmm. Rayman. The first Which Rayman one? game? Okay. The ad that I the ad that I remember for the first Rayman game was uh, a kid playing, trying to play a game, but his mom comes in with the uh, 
vacuum cleaner has to vacuum in front of the TV and he's having a hard time because, you know, wires and stuff, but then his arms freaking disappear and his hands float around the TV and he's able to keep playing. Yeah, because it's the Rayman arms where there's no connector. And I was just like, oh, that Rayman guy seems kind of cool. And his games were cool. And one of those PS1 games, you could pop into a uh, Walkman and just listen to the soundtrack. Yep. I remember that. Uh, The Symphony of the Night had that as well. Nice. Ah, survival. Fuck, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, here's the other thing. You don't need to spend that much money on marketing anymore. You know what you need to do? Send out a couple copies of the game to, you know, Game Grumps or Jacksepticeye or Markiplier or PewDiePie. Yeah, get your free marketing from fucking YouTube. And and that's the thing. Publishers are always talking about, like, you know, you hear the devs talking about how, oh, these guys are just, you know, mooching off of our success. It's like, do you guys not realize they're giving you free publicity? Well, they do kind of tie in, too, because there's at least one guy I've seen now, like whenever uh, the new Far Cry's come out, they give they give those dudes early copies. Right. They, yeah. they do that, but they need to do that more because that's their commercial. No, I agree. Because well, and I what agree. I would want to see, maybe not, don't do like an early release and like, hey, have this game a week early, play it so people can see it. Here is a tech demo of the game. Yeah. Here is a demo a of place. a random stage it's going this is a engine demo for what the game's going to have it's a minor story element so there's no spoilers play it stream it put it out there let people view it so that people will catch interest so basically you want to go back to the shareware way of gaming where you release a decent chunk of the game and then it's like hey if you want the rest well no you're giving you're giving a vertical slice to a streamer yeah not, is what so he it's said. not released to the masses it's a vertical slice to a set of streamers or a set group of people where it's like mm-hmm. they get a packet and it says hey we want you to social do, like, media influencers yeah do this for us we will send you a free copy of the game and you know uh, a royalty bonus i'd take it and Bada bing, bada boom, you have 20 YouTubers and five Twitch streamers. You shell out $2,000 to each of them to do two videos or, you know, a 10-hour stream or whatever. There's your marketing. That costs you what? $20,000? At best. Instead of the $20 million? I mean, with some of these streamers and the way that people are, it could cost you one game. Yeah. And yeah. since it's a digital copy, it, you're not paying much. It's like, hey, you get a full, a free full version of the game and we'll throw in either swag or a small royalty bit because yeah. we understand you're putting your personal time into this. Even though we're also giving you a fucking vertical slice of the game before it's out. Yeah. But anyway... Most most okay. streamers, most YouTubers would totally be up for that. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, put, sign me up. Yeah, because they get then they get the view count, which gives them the revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the company gets their Bobby Potter ad- gets his balls licked. Yep, and the company gets their uh, their advertising that they want. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Stop releasing shitty pre-rendered gameplay. You know, 
do one cinematic trailer that's pre-rendered fine do yeah, that one or, one yeah. not twenty thousand. and it's like oh cool that's what the game's gonna like no yeah no it's not <laughs> uh ubisoft looking at you um huh. and please for the love of god stop doing these trailers with the people doing the fake like tactical chat yeah i don't know i, I kind of like some it some people like that some people do get into that it's, but i can agree that it is kind of like no people don't talk like that when they play games and no one takes this that seriously aside from that one guy on youtube who goes into pavlov yeah. and is literally doing like legit call outs because he's doing it for a laugh are you talking about uh oh what that stone mountain 64 yes yes yeah. i am but that's his whole shtick though is like he drops into battlefield and he's actually doing military call outs yeah and, but, but exactly that's his shtick it's not like he's doing it as a you know tech demo for well this is what the gameplay is really going to be like it's like no th this is me being silly about this and making these call outs to guys who they're playing it for shits and giggles mm -hmm. that's fair all right all right i got one final thing and it's there's no there used to be a uh, a good way to segue here but there we isn't burned. now segways are weird <laughs> what what did you um, want to bring up so chinese mega publisher netease has invested a considerable amount of money into quantic dream enough that quantic dream has announced that after 12 years they're multi-platform again isn't NetEase the same company that also invested in Blizzard when they split from Activision recent or Bungie when they split from Activision recently? Yes, yes it is. Hmm. But let's not worry about the Chinese companies that are taking over the world. Let's instead focus on Quantic Dream getting a bunch of money. Can I now, not focus on David Cage getting a bunch of money? No, listen, listen. For one thing, you don't know. Maybe that money is going to be used to uh, make a safer working environment for female developers. Um, it is hookers and blow. David Cage and uh, uh, Guillaume Dufromier or whatever, uh, they're still the heads of the company, so maybe I'm a little too optimistic there. But uh, they might they might use the money to continue paying off all these lawsuits they keep losing. <laughs> um, but no, personally... David Cage is a piece of shit. Um, he's bad at directing people. I think he's good at visually directing in the games, but bad at directing people, bad at writing games, and I still love playing them. So I'm really pumped to know that, you know, there might be more Cage games on other things. I, I, I want more interactive media. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Netflix is jumping on the interactive quote-unquote game train. Like, you can get Minecraft Story Mode as a movie on Netflix now. Obviously, they have Bandersnatch. Wait, you can play a Telltale game through Netflix right now? Yes. That's awesome. Well, Netflix has said they want to start doing that after Telltale went under because Telltale was developing the Stranger Things game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Telltale going under, the final episode of Season 3 will release in March for Telltale's Walking Dead, so that season will actually be Conclude. released. So the people who paid for it aren't going to get screwed? Pretty yeah. much. Well, that's at least something. 
still my condolences to all the devs who are out of jobs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they'll get paid for all that. I just know the game will finish. I'm, yeah, I'm happy about I, that. I mean, I hope I know none of you are listening to this, and if you do, I I want you to know. I hope you guys got paid for finishing it. Yeah, you know the ones of you that they kept on to do it. I hope you still got paid. And but going back, my condolences I, I are with you. with you. Yeah. But going back to interactive media, um, I don't think that every movie and game should let you make all the choices. Well, no, it shouldn't. But I do think that, cho- like, uh, choose your own blank media uh, would is a genre that I want to see happen. I mean, there's definitely. I want more. I want more Telltale S games. I want more uh, Life is Strange and David Cage games. Uh, I want more Bender Snatches. Like, I love the idea that... I, I had this idea before before streaming media became a thing. Because nobody could have predicted streaming media. I always thought of doing a film like this in a theater where everybody can vote. Just at a pinnacle moment, you vote for your choice. Like, you use the clickers that you have in college to choose an answer? I think yeah, that sure. actually showed up somewhere. There was a movie that did that. Yeah, I think there was. I don't remember. Oh, uh, well, Final nice Destination did that. What? Yeah, Final Destination 3. Well, I should have paid more attention to that. Yeah, I don't know if they did it in theaters, but I know if you bought it on DVD, it, it had, like, choices that you could make, and certain people would live or die depending on your choices. Yeah, now my original idea was inspired because of DVDs giving... Like, when DVDs and Blu-rays first drop, they always have cool things. There is a Metal Gear knockoff uh, on the Blu-ray for Live Free or Die Hard. Is there really? Like, like MSX Metal Gear. I... You have to... You're hacking into computers, and you have to avoid soldiers and security cameras. I think I have lived for your diehard, so I think I have to go look into that now. <laughs> yeah, it's really terrible because it's still a Blu-ray. But like, yeah, DVDs used to do that. The bonus features for like um for some movies would have like a like during the movie this will pop up and then you press enter and it'll take you to a behind the scenes. Right. Like they tried to integrate it into it. You know what I mean? And so I've always thought that you could do a choose your own movie. And I just, I want to see more shit like that. I like shit like that. Well, that's fair. And I'm not saying there's not a market for it, but not every game needs to do that. No, I'm not saying it should. I'm saying this should become its own genre in the way that not every movie is film noir. Right. And I think it is because it, it is its own genre now. Um, The idea of Telltale is so brilliant because those are games where most of the choices feel like they're going to be important, but they turn out not to be. Yeah. And you could literally cut most of the adventure game part from it and still enjoy the whole series. So, man, if they just started porting Telltale series to uh, Netflix, uh, I'm down for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't... But yeah, so how do you feel about... uh? Quantic Dream games go in multi-platform again, though. We haven't seen that since uh, Indigo Prophecy. I mean, it's cool. I'm not a huge fan of Quantic Dream games. I, I really don't. Yeah, I love them, too. I mean, I've played one 
Aquatic Dream game. Jason. Never Jason. Heavy, nope, never played Heavy it's Rain. It's on. Jason. Yes. It's a Blu-ray disc. You can't tell me you can't have more than three Sean's and three Jasons. Dude, Jason. I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> if you choose to follow that fucking kid, like, immediately, you're you're standing three feet behind him, screaming, and he's just, please, Dad, I want to get balloon. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck man. kid, you don't get a balloon from our famous, our famous American mall clowns. Yeah, you've that never... are in every mall in America handing out balloons for a dollar. You've never seen the uh, mall balloons, Sean. <laughs> no, I, I don't really have an opinion on Quantic Dream going multi-platform because I really don't. Th- those games aren't for me. It's a shame. I'm really excited about it. No, I know, and I'm, I, I'm excited that you're excited. It's just not for me. You don't have to appease me. I'm, okay. Well. Um. Yeah, I don't really have anything else this week. Stick with your dad, son. There's so <laughs> many dumb lines in that fucking game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've seen the videos of the glitches. I listen to your father. Who says that? Nobody says that. <laughs> Except in... in fact, the other day I I yelled for Peeps and I was like, "Peeps, I need you as your father." And my brother goes, "What other capacity could you possibly need her in?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh yeah, you're right. That was a dumb thing to say." Well, I need you as your father. Or, I need you as... As your best buddy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Come here, pal. Oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have anything else this week. Nope. Thank no, you everyone for listening to our yeah. random rantings and ravings. Um, anybody got anything to plug this week? Yeah, I got something to plug. A better format for the show. Why don't you plug your pie hole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have anything right now. Everything's fucking up on my end. I'm not plugging nothing. Fair enough. Uh, control. I mean, aside from uh, Twitch.tv/slash/controlfreak. Uh, Got nothing really to plug this week. I need to. Haven't really had much okay. time for streaming, sadly. Just. I forgot play. you guys stream. I have something to plug. I'm what curious as to where this is going. Blade and sorcery is that what it's called? Oh yeah, I yeah. picked up that game. I haven't had a chance to play. Did it yet. you? Well, hang on now. I don't trust you playing it now. You'll cut off your arm. <laughs> well, I I can't play it now because I only have one functional hand. <laughs> But that game looks amazing. I mean, it looks really dumb, to be honest. But, like, once you get in the groove... You're... Yeah, that game looks incredible. Yeah, once you get in the groove, you're fantasy John Wick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I watched a dude who was very bad at it, but he played a mage, and apparently they have, like, force lightning and stuff. <laughs> and so he was using that as like, a, as, like, a crowd deterrent as he hacked up other people. Then at one point, he tried to charge a Kamehameha and got killed 
Sounds about right. Sorry it, for this ending of, bit, but no, it's fun. It remind like I've played a couple of VR games. This one actually kind of reminds me of the Killing Floor one. Mm, I yeah, actually, I haven't had a chance to play that one yet. I plan on picking it up when I can. It's you know, really use my dark hand again. <laughs> it's really dark, but it is fun. Or uh, super hot. Oh, but with oh sword. man, I love super hot That's VR. <laughs> all right, all right. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, then we'll see you next week. Hell yeah. Later. Peace. Hey guys, Sedge here. Uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to our intro music, 8 Bit Onward by Heatley Bros. You can find them on YouTube, and I will be posting the link in the description. Thanks. Bye.